Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. This podcast features messages, interviews, and discussions from Radiant Church located in Seneca, South Carolina. For more information about Radiant, visit RadiantChurchSC.com. Here's today's episode. Welcome to Radiant Church. My name is Andrew and I'm the lead pastor. And we're so glad you could join us today from wherever you're watching or listening from. If this is your first time joining us, hey, go to RadiantChurchSC.com and click on new. If you'll fill out this short form online for us, has a way of saying thanks. We're going to donate $5 to one of the nonprofits that's listed right there. Well, we're in the middle of what we're calling Summer at Radiant. So all throughout June and July, we're hearing from guest speakers in addition to myself. And we're teaching on a, just a variety of topics. And we actually are going to continue that today. And then over the next couple of weeks, we're going to tie in together two teachings on prayer. And then we're going to finish summer off in August, jumping into Ephesians uh, for about five weeks. So wherever you're watching or listening from here today, just know you got some good listening material heading your way, okay? And I hope you've enjoyed your summer wherever you're watching or listening from uh, right now. Uh, for whatever reason this summer for me, you know, I've thought a lot about just my, my childhood. And I think that's in part because my oldest son is five years old and he started playing t-ball and fishing and, and doing a lot of things that brought back memories for me and I've been thinking a lot about just how I grew up so I, I don't know your story I don't know what you went through and, and, and what you encountered as a kid but as for me I know I had like a privileged life so uh, what I mean by that is that not everyone had both parents growing up, right? Like not everyone had parents who, who loved them and taught them and corrected them. So I recognize that the upbringing I had was probably very different from, from other people, maybe even, even yours, right? But I remember growing up in a strong, healthy family. Now, it wasn't perfect. Let's be honest for a moment, okay? I know family is, right? Every family to some extent is dysfunctional. They all have issues, so that's not actually unique. But, but having a strong, healthy family is unique, and, and that was my family growing up. We were in church all the time. Like every time the door was open, we found ourselves in church. Even if my parents couldn't make it for some reason, I had grandparents or other family who would pick us up and would take us to church, so we did not miss. Uh, we weren't the only family like that, though. So I had friends growing up who were kind of like in a similar environment. They, they were always in church. There were other families in our church who were kind of like that too. The kids were always there. Families were always there in some way, shape, or form. And as I got older though, I did notice some differences. So my family was pretty consistent in, you know, in and out of church. Like we weren't perfect by any stretch, but my parents prayed for us every day and with us every day. They read and taught through devotions with us. My dad even made it a point, you know, to teach every kid he ever coached the Lord's Prayer. So that, that way kids who didn't have a faith connection at home, would at least have one on the ball field. Uh, we didn't compartmentalize our lives you know, into like a public life and a private faith life. Faith was really woven into the fabric of all we did and who we are. Now that was different from some other families we were around. So, I mean, yeah, they were in church all the time, okay? But they had compartmentalized their lives. They had a, a public life and a private faith life. And so most of them, you know, they didn't really pray together. Uh, they didn't read through devotions or scripture together. They didn't really talk about God a whole lot at home because they had this compartmentalized way of living where it was almost as if they had two different lives. Like they were leaving faith at church and living their own lives at home. And, and while it may have worked like in the short term, in in the long run, these families, from a spiritual point at least, began to crack and really fall apart. 
And so what I realized over the years was there was a difference between our family and some of the others. Was that was this one right here that that our family embraced and practiced the culture of building faith at home. And the answer to helping kids grow in their faith, can I just tell you, it's not more student ministries or kids ministries or any other organized church activity. I love those things. I mean, we, we need them. I spent five years as a youth pastor, okay? I'm all on board with those. But if you want kids to choose Christ and stay grounded in their faith, the answer isn't more church activity or ministry. The answer is building a solid faith at home. And that's where I want to take us here today. So all of us, you know, we want the next generation to follow and serve the Lord for sure, right? But there's a real disturbing new normal that's kind of, you know, bought into the lie that faith is reserved for church and religious institutions. And you can talk about God at church, but not at home, not at school, not at work, you know, not even with in some in some circles like your own family, like your faith isn't supposed to be front and center in your life, even in your own home environment in some places today, right? That sounds kind of crazy, but that's actually trending in our culture right now. So what we've been taught to do is to compartmentalize everything, including what we believe in our faith and that kind of stuff. The problem is that we can't do that if we're trying to bring stability to our families. We have to adopt the position that Psalm 127.1 says, that unless the Lord builds the house, the work of the builders is wasted. So if the Lord is building your house, your family, okay, we got to make sure to invite them into your home every day. So you don't just leave them at church and at, after service, you know, with your own personal thoughts. You got to be active in your faith. And the reason I think I feel such a strong sense of urgency right now building faith at home is because we've seen what can happen if we fail to practice this. Judges 2.10 is perhaps one of the saddest commentaries in all the Bible. And we read this, that after that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. Now, who is the generation the author of Judges uh, is speaking about here? What's well, the generation which, which had children who with their families witnessed the 10 plagues in Egypt? They walked across the Red Sea on dry ground. They saw the walls of Jericho fall. They took possession of the promised land. Like this was Israel's version of the greatest generation, if you will. And yet we read their children did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. How in the world does that happen? Like it almost doesn't even seem plausible, right? I'm gonna tell you how it happened. As great as that generation was, they had forgotten the instructions from Deuteronomy 6. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, the generation which died out, as Judges 2.10 puts it, was preparing to finally enter in the land that God promised them, to enter what is today Israel. And Moses is repeating God's laws to them. That's actually what Deuteronomy is. It's a repetition of the instruction given in Leviticus, but on a much more like consolidated kind of scale in some ways. And in Deuteronomy 6, Moses challenges his families to build their faith at home. He wants Israel to understand the importance of ingraining God's word in their families. He knows if they don't do this, the future consequences could be disastrous. In fact, Moses' own words, there are three steps to creating a spiritually healthy, stable family. And I want you to listen to what he says right here. Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 and 9. He goes, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly 
to these commands I'm giving you here today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. If you want to build a healthy family, stable family, then you have to make sure that the next generation knows and follows the Lord, right? And to do that, you have to be intentional about building faith at home. So the first step to make sure your families are building faith at home is to commit to following the Lord. I know that sounds so obvious, right? You know, like commit to following God, duh. Okay, but the truth is, we're really good about talking about commitment. We're really lousy, I think, at staying committed. So commitment goes way beyond, you know, the prayer to say yes to Christ. Commitment is a lifestyle. Your entire life is supposed to be prioritized around your commitment to Christ. It should actually, you know, consume you. I'm completely committed to my wife and to my kids. You know, Christ and following God's will. That's first. There's nothing else that's going to come before that. But right after that is my commitment to my family. So I'm committed on the really good days, but I'm also committed on the bad days. And my two-year-old right now, he's starting to get a little unruly. Like he's, he's going into that rough stage every toddler goes into. And that will challenge your commitment level, okay? But I, I take care of my family, even, even when they're sick. On the good days, on the bad days, I celebrate with them and we hit big milestones. Like I'm all in. I love my family. I'm all the way there, all the way in. And our commitment to God should even be greater than that to our families, right? Like if that's true, then we shouldn't make, uh, we, we should make sure that our families are absolutely positively committed to God as well. So let me ask you a question, man. Do you spend time talking to God together? Do you spend time praying together? Do, do you make attending church a priority? Are you taking the lead in discipling your family? See, like, I, I know life's crazy. I mean, it, it is, right? Like, I know there's ball games and tournaments. I know many of you guys, you work in shifts. And those of you with, like, higher-level positions, you've got some big and heavy decisions that weigh on you. And, and you have a very demanding job. Like, I get it, you know? I understand the day-to-day -day stress and how you take inventory of your life. And you just begin to cut away things you deem expendable because you got to have some kind of breathing room. Oh, my gosh. I totally get that. But can I be honest with you for a moment? You cannot outsource the spiritual growth of your family to the church. You can't do it. And that can't be something you mark as expendable to create more margin in your life. If you do, what will happen is you're going to feed your family a steady diet of fast food discipleship that they can't live on. And in the long run, it's going to create unhealthy, unstable families. Like fast food tastes all right, you know? Uh, it gives you that hunger fix for a little bit, but what happens later? Well, you, you're still hungry, right? Like, and the food, it's not as nutritious. It doesn't exactly lead you to a place of health. And yet, this is the kind of spiritual life many people and their families are living on, and they kind of wonder later on the road, like, where did things go wrong? Because you lived a life of spiritual fast food teaching and discipleship. Like, I don't know how else to put it. I want you to pay attention just for, for a moment. Like, stop whatever you do. If, if, you're, if you're running, try to focus. If you're driving, turn the volume up. But listen to me, okay? As a pastor, I, I know that we, we get you for an hour and a half or so each week. If you join a group, you know, later this fall at Radiant, then you get another hour and a half. That's three hours total a week, right? Before the pandemic hit, most folks attended church on average twice a month. 
and, and group attendance is the exact same. So the typical Christian family would get about, on average, okay, six hours of teaching and discipleship each month from the church they were at. You know how many hours are in a typical month? It varies a little bit because every month has got different days. But, but on average, there are 730 hours in a typical month. And six are spent at church or in a group. Let that sink in for a moment. Because your family can't have a healthy, sustainable spiritual life surviving on six hours of church-based teaching and discipleship. It will not end well. I can't stress this enough, man. You, you've got to be intentional to disciple your family, to know and be committed to the Lord and do it at home. And it's not just for parents with kids. This is for you guys who are grandparents or empty nesters who, who are single but aspire to get married one day and have a family. This is important. Like If you can build faith at home, you will most likely have healthy, stable families in the long run. Don't let everything else crowd out the spiritual growth of not only your kids but your marriage and yourself. Matthew 16, 26 teaches us a pretty important principle that doesn't do us any good to gain everything and yet lose our own souls in the process, right? So if we want our kids to remain strong in their faith when they leave home, we got to make sure that as a family, like we're in church consistently, you know, like we're engaged in small groups. We're engaged in ministry opportunities to serve together. We're prioritizing our lives around family devotions. We're praying with each other. We're teaching our faith to the next generation in active ways. Now, here's the second step. Healthy families, they also teach about the Lord. Moses tells us that. Look at Deuteronomy 6, verse number 7. He says, repeat them. This is God's word, okay? Again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Even if you attend church every Sunday, and I'm going to hit this hard throughout this teaching, okay? Even if you go to a small group, that's only three hours in a given week, which you're spending spiritual teaching and discipleship time, right? If God's design is for your families to be spiritually healthy, some serious teaching has to happen at home. Now, I don't mean you bust out hermeneutics and all that kind of, I don't mean that kind of stuff. What I mean is, is this. Remember our scripture from Judges? The next generation, like, they grew up not acknowledging the Lord or remembering like what he did for Israel. I'm not sure how that even happens unless you're not talking about your faith at home. Now, to be fair, they may have felt like they didn't have to do it because they were living it, right? I mean, like there was miracle after miracle all around them. There were witnesses to the power and majesty of God in ways you and I haven't seen. And I think sometimes like we're so close to something, we get used to it and then we take it for granted, right? And we got to be careful that we don't take for granted how involved and connected we are in church. You might be here like all the time, you know, you might be in church every week. You might be part of a group, you know, this spring and then plan to be one again in the fall. Just don't assume it's enough for your family because I'm telling you right now, it is not. If you aren't talking about and living out your faith at home, then God becomes the end result of just religious rituals and acts, okay? You go to church every week, but if nothing is different, if your faith isn't lived out, you're not teaching things at home, then all you've got is a good religious experience, but you don't have Jesus. Your family needs to see you live your faith out every day in your home. Live it, talk it, teach it. We started teaching our kids as newborns about God. So every night, 
we would speak over their lives who God says they are. We, we, we would pray over them. We would read them children's Bible stories. My youngest, who's, who's two, can't quite talk yet, but he's learned what to do for the most part when we pray. Our oldest, he's learned how to pray. And both of them expect a Bible story to be taught before we read, you know, <laughs> if you give a Miss Muffin or Dr. Seuss, right? We believe strongly in teaching our kids about God and, and who God is at the youngest age possible. We want them to know who the Lord is. Just because mom and dad are pastors and in ministry and they're in church like all the time doesn't mean they're going to grow up knowing anything about God. You can know a lot of stuff, but if no one lives out and models what you've learned, it's not going to do a whole lot for you. And we, we, we learn a lot from watching other people, don't we? So your family needs to see like what you're doing and how you're living to learn, right? They need to see that what you're learning is applied to your life so they know how to follow it. This next generation in Judges, they grew up not knowing God, and because of that, they also didn't know, I think, who they were too. See, our identity is only found in who God is, and if you don't know God, you don't really know who you are and why you're here, right? So this next generation grew up not knowing you know, what right and wrong was because they didn't have parents who, who taught them about God. They didn't know who they were. And so when they became the leaders of tomorrow, they created a world of chaos where every person did what seemed right in their own eyes. That sounds really familiar, doesn't it? The entire book of Judges is a sad commentary of a generation and the subsequent ones after it who didn't know who God was. Not only were they not taught about God, but we read they didn't remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. That's in verse number 10. We need to teach faith at home so our families can remember who God is and what he's done, which brings the third and final step to memory here. That step is this, that healthy families need to remember, need to remember. In verses 8 and 9, Moses tells these families that they have to commit. They need to teach, but they also need to remember God. Whenever God did something great in the Old Testament, the people would set up monuments or stones known as memorial stones. So they would always remember what God did and how God moved. And every time you pass these memorial stones, you were to teach your families what happened, right? You know, teach them about God's power. Teach about the glory that was on display and how it impacted the nation and the community. We hold on to things in our homes, right? To serve as memory triggers like that, don't we? Like I have all kinds of sports uh, memorabilia in my home. I've, I've got autographs from guys like Sandy Koufax and DiMaggio and Phil Necro. They serve as reminders of baseball's glory days, okay? But in our bedroom, we've got, you know, wedding stuff, the foods we drank from, the uni candles, like all the things to remind my wife and I how committed we are to each other and, and what our marriage means. Many of you have similar things in your homes too, and each one of those triggers a memory or a story, right? But when it comes to our faith, we don't necessarily like set up things to trigger memories and stories. In fact, we are the memory stones. 1 Peter 2 says, you who are following Christ, you are living stones, 1 Peter 2, 5 says. That's in reference to memory stones, okay? You have stories that tell about God's power at work. Do you remember who you used to be before Christ found you? Do you remember the time, you know, you're at the end of your rope and you needed God to step through and he did in a big way, right? Uh, can you point back to events in your life where just it was a God thing, right? The power and presence of God moved and this, this God moment happened. 
These are the stories that have to be remembered and have to be shared so your family can remember the power of God and who He is and how He's always at work in our lives. When we remember God's power and how it's at work, it reinforces our commitment to Him. It reinforces our drive to teach about who He is. Healthy, stable families are committed to the Lord. They teach about Him. They remember Him and His power and works. And it's easy to start doing this. Much easier than you think. If you're not sure where to start, no worries. I'll give you two steps real quick. That's it. Okay? Step number one, start praying with your family every day. Be consistent. Carve out some time. You know, my dad did it on the drive to school every morning. Just find some time to do that with your family. doesn't matter, but find somewhere to start. Step number two, read through devotions and scripture. Now, we can, we can help resource you with this if you need it. In fact, if you go to our website and click on our kids page, you'll find a link to the Radiant Kids online experience. And here's where you can watch kids' lessons together every week for both preschool and elementary. But... You also can download parent guides and the God time cards. Those will help create devotional moments and times with your kids throughout the week. And, and if you need help with other resources, like for your marriage, for students, for single young adults, we're here to help you. We want to help you with that. Reach out to us. Email us, office at radiantchurchsc.com, and we'll help equip you, okay? That's our main job as pastors in the church, by the way, is to equip you to do the work of the ministry, right? So if you can make prayer and scripture consistent parts of your family's life, you're going to begin to see faith at home develop in your family. And as you pray and as you read and you talk openly about your faith, just make sure to share stories of God's work in your life and make Christ just as integral to your family at home as he is, man, when you're in church. If you can build faith at home, and build it home well. Your family, by the way, is going to be rooted. Proverbs 22.6 tells us this, that if we direct our kids onto the path when they're older, they're not gonna leave from it, right? I really believe this. In fact, you, you may have seasons where your kids are not serving the Lord and some are longer than we would like, right? But there is a promise in God's word about the direction of your family. That if you direct them down his path and his way, boy, if you root them and build this foundation of faith in their life, I believe even if they're far from God now, that one day they'll find their way back to him because of that promise right there in Proverbs. But it all starts with building faith at home. I want to pray for you here today, wherever you're watching or listening from, that your family will be a family of faith, a solid, rooted family of faith being built at home. So Father, I pray for those who are watching right now. Maybe they're, they're saying, man, I want to do this, but I don't really, really know where to start. God, I pray you will help them just to begin to pray together as a family begin maybe just to, just to read over a scripture verse or a passage each week. But Lord, help them to take the steps necessary to begin creating faith at home. Remind them, Lord, of the importance of having a faith that's centered, deeply centered in you. We don't need to compartmentalize our faith to church a few times a week or, or just to our private thoughts and, and feelings. We need to take our faith and weave it into the fabric of who we are, living it out in all that we do and where we go. And I pray that for our families, that God, as our parents begin to spend time with their kids, as grandparents pray with their grandchildren, that as married couples get together and they begin to uh, read the word together and pray for each other. Lord, I pray that as we begin to build solid foundations of faith at home, our families would be healthy. Our families would be rooted 
rooted and solid and that God, you would use our families to make a difference in the world around us. May we not outsource spiritual growth to the church a few hours every month. May we, God, understand the importance of growing ourselves in our homes with our kids, with our spouses, with our families. And may we have healthy families as a result. We love you. We thank you. And we're praying for these families, Father. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day.